the following resources presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to the International Gen Z Conference, hosted here by IOM America. We are very pleased to bring this conference to you. Understanding Gen Z is pretty critical. If we want to serve, lead, influence, and equip this next generation, the indwelt Christian will become more established and pronounced in their indwelling Christian faith and become acutely aware of their present culture and how it works against the Word of God, the Church, as well as the need that needs to be revealed of housing, the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. You're about to listen to session number two of the International Gen Z Conference. In this particular session, we're going to be talking about the world of technology and how the Internet has become basically the foundation for what we are calling in this conference the pluralistic Internet. We will be sharing more details about that later with you. But technology is used in a form of techniques and processes that are embedded in machines for, obviously, operations, without the user having detailed knowledge of their workings. Technology is a hidden system of codes and meanings, and what we're going to discover in this particular session, outside of all the statistics we're going to be sharing with you, is that this Internet technological coding is actually a method of madness to control the life of those who are using technology. We hope you enjoy this session. Ding, 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 ding. There he sits inside your local coffee shop, sporting a main bun and facial hair. Somehow he believes, although he has no job, that by his thirties he will be a millionaire. M I L L E N N I A L. Gotta love millennials. M I L L E N N I A Lots of selfies on her Instagram With the quote that's inspirational Hopes to change the world while wearing yoga Pants aren't with her dreams and knowledge of essential oils M-I-L-L-E-N-N-I-A-L Gotta love They feel like they know most everything See, they grew 
trophies just for participating. M I L L E N M I A L gotta love millennials. M I L L E N M I A L gotta love millennials. In a couple of years we will have to pass the torch. someone tell me recently, you know, Finney, you just use way too many labels. I said, well, that's really interesting because there's over 3,000 labels stated in the Old and New Testament. Labels are not bad. They're identifying markers. So when we use the term millennial or Gen Z or Xers or boomers or hoopers or, you know, whatever label we want to give people, it creates or begs for a definition in people's minds. And that's the purpose of using it. So I don't mind people having a little fun with millennials or any other generation for that fact. Let's talk about the primary tools of disillusionment. There are six primary forces in the post-truth era. So let's take a look briefly at the very first one, and that is technology. Now, when I go find a definition on a word or a phrase or an ideology, I like to dig a little deeper. I don't just necessarily just capture an opinion and put it in place or out of a dictionary put it in place. I actually understand that with dictionaries, dictionaries are actually put together by a present-day culture, so therefore it depends on the date of the dictionary that becomes pretty significant in you finding a definition of a particular word or phrase. For example, the urban dictionary is just simply out of control. So they're defining definitions to Gen Z's new language, which really got started by the millennials. It's called the text language. And that turned into buzzwords in icon form. And now we have an official language that is classified as the Z language. I'm getting to know it and understand what it is and what the meanings are, but I have to look at everything through the Urban Dictionary to find the definitions. So where you do your research is pretty important. Now, I went and got this definition from the middle category of the extremely old dictionary to the urban dictionary, and here's what we have. Technology is the use of techniques and processes that are embedded in machines for operation. 
without the user having detailed knowledge of their workings. Technology is a hidden system of codes and meanings, an equivocal control of life without exposure. Now, those of you who know a little bit about computer and programming, I've had to learn the hard way to get in behind the visual and play with the coding, particularly when I'm fighting a virus. And so that is where you put the viruses, is in the coding. When you are seeing the picture on the screen right now, it's colorful. We spent time picking colors and fonts and blah, blah, blah. But in reality, in the strictest definition of technology, you're just staring at codes. That's all it is. Have you ever wondered why you could sit here and your friend in southern Africa can send you a a selfie and within moments it's on your screen and you're seeing a picture of the two of them together having coffee in a local coffee shop in, in South Cape. How does this happen? It's codes. It is not a picture. It's codes. We know that you like to see pictures, not codes. You can actually figure out a picture by looking at the codes. But most people are not trained to do that, so it's a fruitless activity for you. The other key factor in regard to coding of technology is that it is extremely vulnerable to manipulators. We do trending, and here's how we do it. We actually go out and do research on the top 20 trending words in the world. Anyone can do this. It's no big deal. We take those trending words and we put them in our pictures. The coding within our pictures. So when someone trends something that's extremely popular, what happens is our opportunity shows up of giving them a crisis life worldview. It is done every day. It's how the businesses get your attention when you open up your cell phone in the morning. Or maybe you're one of the 33% that leave it on 24 hours a day. That's how it works. Okay? That's our premise we have to start with. Now you'll begin to understand the significance of how children can be manipulated so easily. Let's listen to David Kinnaman. Hi, my name is Jonathan Morrow, and I'm the Director of Cultural Engagement for Impact 360 Institute. And we get to work with this generation, equipping them in biblical worldview and leadership. And we are passionate about seeing them follow Jesus for a lifetime. Uh, but we also wanted to see a kind of a snapshot and a lens of this generation, Gen Z. What do they think about the big questions of life? What are the big shaping influences in their life? How do they view reality? What are their assumptions? And so we've been working with the Barna Group for the last year on a study on Gen Z. And we're so excited to kind of kind of get a picture of how they view reality. And so I'm so excited to be here with David Kenneman, who's the president of the Barna Group. And, uh, you know, you've been working with generations, American generations, studying them for the last 20 years mm. and all these different angles and lenses. So I've really appreciated working with you and your team. Thanks. It's been, here. it's been fabulous. And so 
you know, today we're talking a little bit about technology and how that's kind of shaping them. You know, I mean, it's kind of obvious. That's one of the obvious characteristics people talk a lot about about Gen Z is how technology is shaping them. But maybe what are some unique ways that that technology has shaped uh, this generation? Well, clearly, this is the first generation that's been raised with the internet, and that's one of the things that is the defining characteristic of Generation Z. Uh, you know, sort of they, their parents had technology when they were kids. They were actually raised with screens. They never took a road trip without a screen. I don't think as a dad I would want to take a road trip without a screen. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this is the first generation that has been raised with screens as part of their sort of daily experience. So that's shaped a lot about them. I mean, we know that a majority of teens have a smartphone. Uh, and they they tell us from the research that they actually go to bed with their their smartphones. They actually they wake up to it and go to bed with their smartphones in their rooms. Um, and so this is changing all the rules in terms of how they interact with institutions and content and knowledge, uh, and even a lot of the relational aspects of their lives. They're they're sort of the the first sort of screenagers, and that's that's one of the the ways that we've been we've been spending a lot of time studying them. Um, we find that there's a lot of research now that's sort of emerging, still a whole body of research about the effect of the screen age on teenagers, but some of the early indications is that they're, they have greater anxiety, more depression, they're lonelier, uh, they're more likely to be bullied online. And so the report that we worked on with you guys really takes a, an overview of, of what happens with this generation, how does technology seem to influence the spiritual lives, and sort of their social views when it comes to their perceptions of reality. And you know, another thing, you know, I get to work with a lot of teenagers, and, and I know, you know, at Impact 360 Institute, we talk about how parents are still a very major shaping influence in young people's lives, as they should be, especially in this area of technology. Though it's kind of interesting because you know, you know, they're watching mom and dad, but they don't put put down the phone sometimes, right. or they they've always got it with them, or do one more email, or more work, or things like that, and maybe even. You know, teenagers can get jealous almost of that attention. But what what are some maybe some 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 kind of things you're you're seeing around those dynamics of parents and then their their students? Well, I think this is the first generation. Millennials were raised with screens in some ways, but their parents didn't have them as uh, often as as today's Gen Z does. Um, so it's like we're not just it's not just that this next generation is part of the screen age. It's like everyone is part of the screen age. Even the gr- grandparents and the great grandparents are using their screens as well as the parents and the students. Um, so I think that's one of the big shifts is that everyone is living in this immersive screen reality. Um, some more than others based on individual preferences, but everyone is doing it. Your your parents are doing it. You know, you're you're just ev- ev- you're looking at recipes in the kitchen. You're watching streamed t- television. You know, there's just it's just all always on. Um, so that's a big part of it. And, and then you think about the implications of that for people in ministry. And a lot of what this new report is designed to do is to tease out and begin to look at this next, next generation in a new way. Um, and you think about Google as the primary sex educator of today's generation. That's what we're that's learning is this, this notion of you know the access that students have to these kinds of private questions that in the past they would have gone to their parents or they would have found out from friends or they would have had a conversation. But now it's like the privacy of their phone um, you know, allows them to do that. We're, we're starting to hear reports of young people using YouTube as their as their counselor. Like, how can I diagnose, uh, you know, whether I whether I'm dealing with depression, clinical depression, and these are very human questions that people are wrestling with, even and especially young people. But they're going to their their uh, their phones to basically sort out like meaning and anxiety and a life well lived and all these other questions that usually would go to a relational network to find. And that's, I think, what's what's new and different about this uh, this the experiences of Generation Z. 
Yeah, you know, and, and every cultural moment has both opportunities mm-hmm. and challenges. We've talked about a lot of the challenges, some of the scary things around technology. But what are some some of the positives around you know the, the being digital natives and technology and, and and all of those opportunities for this generation? Well, I think it's an important point, and it's easy for us, I think, to. to like land on some of those things that concern us, especially as parents, yeah. right? You know, because we have we have teenagers ourselves, and recognizing that it's a, a difficult reality is is we, we get it, it yeah. is. But there's incredible opportunities. I mean, they're more connected, they're more informed. Uh, I mean, my kids are asking great questions, uh, things. I mean, I didn't think about that at your age, and so it, it invites us into this great opportunity of of having these deeper conversations with our kids, of, of providing them with a deeper network, a, a more um, lived reality of, of what faith means for us. And uh, so, so when you think about even calling these young people into lives of ministry and mission, uh, you know, I think we get a chance to expose them to something of a, of a bigger world of what God's doing in the world. Um, and so, so screens become a great ally for us uh, as Christians, but we have to learn how to live faithfully with that. And I think that's, again, the great question that Generation Z is posing to us as Christians. How, how can we live faithfully uh, in the screen age? Absolutely, and, and we have an opportunity to learn from them because they see the world in ways that we don't see. They, we've been habituated to see it in a certain way right. um, with certain blind spots, and, and, and they kind of can help kind of coach and mentor us in some ways and some things to see, which is really exciting. Yeah. So, it, I mean, there's tons of stuff in the study. I'm so excited about it. Um, you know, so it, we want you to be there for this in January. It's on January 23rd. If you're in the Atlanta area, we'd love for you to join us live um, at the event there in Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to unpack uh, Gen Z, David will be there, myself, the other team at Barna. It's going to be a great opportunity to kind of unpack this research and kind of share more about how we can encourage and equip and empathize with this generation and how to help set them up for success in the future. And we'll be releasing the report. So we really hope you'll join us in January. Join us for the live webcast. It's for free on January 23rd. And you can sign up for all of that at whoisgenz.com. Okay, there is a very brief exposure to the reality in regard to the pros and cons of the screen age. I would definitely say that for myself, you know, being 63 years of age, I can tell you that I am taking advantage of the positive, the pro aspect of the screen age. So as a missionary, I need to go where the people are, and I need to be comfortable with their culture without adopting it. And that's how I handle technology. And then I want to make use of technology to reach the culture group, whoever they might be. So it's not necessarily that technology is bad, but you need to be aware of the fact that technology is built on methodology. It's built on a system, and it never breaks its own rules. What a virus is, and a hacker putting a virus in a system, is to break those rules. It messes up the sequence of orders, the structure that is in a mainframe, a program, an app, or whatever the case may be. Why am I telling you that? That is exactly what is the methodology of attacking Gen Z spiritually. It's the same method. It's disrupting order. 
and sequence of events, sequence of knowledge, sequence of truth, sequence. It's, it's disturbing that. So it's throwing it off. And a virus is occurring in their spiritual life and psychological life. So he already brought out, David already brought out the reality that, you know, we have a generation sleeping with their phones. I have a video that was sent to me and a piece of research with it of an eight-year-old actually being caught on camera praying to Mrs. Google. She's having an open discussion with Google about God, who he is, what he believes. Is he there for her? And then the conclusion of the video is she's praying to Google. Now that told everything I needed to know about the vulnerabilities of the younger ones. They do not have the ability because there is no formal worldview established yet at that age. So therefore they are assuming things are real when they are not real. So here we have a piece of statistic looking that you're looking at right now. And 57% of the Zers spend a minimum of four hours on their devices. And then we have 26% at eight hours. And then I just got the stats in on 2018 thus far. We're at nine hours. Now, I don't know about you, and these are during the, the weekdays, by the way. They don't do necessarily a great deal of statistics on the weekends because who cares? It's the weekday because it affects education with these children and it helps us evaluate if they're spending nine hours a day on their devices, how much time are they spending on their homework or do they have homework? It helps us think through other things. Then we also have what we were talking about earlier is the people sleeping with their devices. And here we have the parents, the millennials, starting the habit and the pattern of keeping their phone plugged in by their bedside, with 33% of those sticking it under their pillow so they can hear vibrate, so they can take that call, so they can take that text. It's disturbing order. It's creating a virus, and people wonder why they got monophobia, or they wonder why they've got anxiety attacks and so forth and so on. They're not understanding how technology works. It disturbs order. It doesn't create it. And this is what Gen Z is faced with. So an unhealthy dependence on electronics has changed the processing information of actually human interaction and all the dynamics that come with it. Here's what they listed as the biggies. It outweighs emotional growth. Psychologically, they're more volatile and vulnerable. Socially backward and slow to respond to human interaction. That's just sad to me. This is someone speaking to you who spent the first five years in a bubble 
My mother had to touch me through rubber gloves. You talk about having to adjust to issues in the environment. When I came out of that bubble, my childhood was dealing with this, but not because of technology. Today, I understand the importance of human interaction. So it's become a great strength in my life because of this weakness. Now we have a world of technology doing this to our children, creating what I call the bubble effect. I had a dream one night, a little over a year ago, and I was walking down a sidewalk, and I saw hundreds of people walking on the sidewalk, and every single one of them had a bubble over its head, like almost like a clear helmet. And they are all engaged in their little bubble as they were walking by each other. And for a long time, I thought, that is a weird dream. And then one day I woke up and realized that is the smartphone. Johnny! Johnny! It's created a bubble, which is creating these psychological disorders that we have yet to see. It's just starting. The cancer, the virus is just starting. 2017, suicide went off the charts for the Gen Zers. They're killing themselves over this. And you know what? The great mystery to me is all the statistics that you can find in regard to the concern of the millennial parents dealing with the reality of what's causing it is next to nilch. They blame it on teacher rejection, bullies, but never themselves. The millennials are the most overprotective generation of their children we've seen in history. But they're also the most neglectful parents in history in regard to protecting their children from real life issues. Like the internet. The coded language that manipulates them, and you say that to the millennial parents and are like, whatever, works for us. Do you ever get annoyed of having an advertisement pop up or something block your app or something this or that? Or you get, I mean, you're shopping for shoes, something that you placed an order a year ago? Do you ever think about how that works? Do you understand that every time you push on that button on your smartphone, it's tracked? Oh, no, I got anti-tracking software. Well, who do you think is tracking you now? The anti-tracking software. Why do you have to give them permission to access your contacts? What does that have to do with protect? You see what you're doing? Then they sell that off to someone else. You say, they do not. I pay for that app. Really? You don't understand how the system works. Nothing is private on the Internet. Nothing is private. Everything is accessible. And you need to understand that. Exposure to adult explicit material 
Four-year-olds are showing up in these reports. Four-year-olds are obsessing over pornography because they're curious. They don't even know what they're seeing. Can you imagine 15 years, as those of you know me in my research style, what I do is I just add 15 years to on, onto everything we're studying. It's called projections. So in 15 years, that four-year-old is about how old? And what is going to be going on in that, that head of theirs as a young adult? Millennials don't want to hear about it. A 400% increase of gaming over that of their millennial parents. 400%. Resistance to instruction is the top issue of educators. So here's what we have. Kids relying on electronic devices, 64% for video games. And those video games, according to these same statistics, is that it's based on demonics. That's an official word being used by Hollywood. It is not from the church. And cyborging, do you know what cyborging is? A Gen Zer knows what cyborging is. What is cyborging? Cy, computer, organics. It's a real study. It's a real science. They have finally mastered the arts of integrating the computer into the DNA of the human body. Now, that's real science part. But where it showed up is in Madia, May Media. You can look at the Bible what Madia really means. And it'll probably blow your shoes off. But media is where they showed up, these demonics. Very secular. Nothing really religious about it, other than scaring desire into someone. Because they realized in early statistics in the 50s that people will pay good money to be afraid. Scary movies. Popularized in the 50s, thanks to my mother and father. That's how it happened. So we went and paid good money to have the hell scared into us, is the way I said it. Because that's what it is. They realize there's great money in this. And then it turned into a method of madness. And they brought it into the gaming world. And now over 90% of the games that Zers play have demonics in it and cyborging. That's alarming to me. Doing 41% do their homework. Well, that's open-ended worldview. 35% other types of entertainment. That's totally dependent on trending, which anyone can learn how to manipulate that. And then chatting with your friends and family. Well, that's totally peer cloning. If you think back on your childhood and how much time, money, clothing, hairstyles, verbiage, music, 
The list is long, and they all produce great deal of funding. And you think about that. How much of it was based on peer cloning? Most of it. It is peer cloning that turns the world economically. When you see a superstar who is wearing orange tennis shoes, as Zane was bringing out earlier, everyone wants to buy orange tennis shoes. Cult. Sure. It always starts with a leader. But yet we have a generation denying leaders and want to be independent of leaders, so they're being deceived. They don't realize they're being controlled. Then we have chatting with friends and family. Oh, I did that one. Using social media, which is obviously trending base, and then reading, which is self-governed interests. It's not necessarily directed by parents. Now, some of these things are very difficult for parents or grandparents to embrace because it's kind of scary for them to go, what am I going to do if this is true? Well, in a few minutes, we are going to talk about what are the most practical things that you can do. But here's the logical conclusion for me. If we consider the previous facts and statistics, we discovered that Gen Z advances to adulthood all encompasses technology to prove, to retard their discernment to the danger of the third-party mind control stuff already a majority of Gen Z has openly accepted the dangerous frenetic pluralism that encompasses the Internet's objective. The key is the puppet master that manipulates the strings of society rules its culture. Any good marketeer knows that. The master that rules the society is the one who rules the people. It's a general psychological principle of controlling life. This is their definitions. Primary tool of disillusionment when we look at worldview, a worldview is a view of the world used for living in that world. Now, if you are encountering a world that's too painful for you to look at, then embrace so that you can use it for the good. If that's too difficult for you, you're going to be what I call a runner. You will be aggressive in moving forward in life until you hit a wall you simply don't know what to do with. Then you run. The running pattern can go from suicide to homicide to reicide to insecticide. I don't care what kind of side you want to put on it. But it always ends in something other than a solution. That's why we're in the mess we're in. And it is happening a lot with Gen Z. They are fearful of the future because their parents aren't doing anything about it. Now there is that percentage we're tapping into. Some of you might be here today. Instead of hearing this as crazy talk, you're taking the challenge. 
but those are few. So this worldview is a comprehensive framework of ideas and attitudes about the world, ourselves, life, system of beliefs, a system of personally customized, individualized theories about the world and how it works with answers based in self-governance. That'll be a term you will hear a lot over the next five years. Self-governance. Founded by the World Council leaders. They are using it in their reports, news things. They're finally coming out and saying self-governance is where it's at. They are working on dissolving the dotted lines between countries. You say, oh, that's been a conspiracy theory for many years. Afraid not anymore. They're dissolving the lines between countries. They're going to have seven primary continents. They're going to have a leader of each continent. And it will all be carefully managed by a very small group of people because the people are chaotic and they don't know how to control their lives. Everything is ending in hate crimes. Their number one 2019 goal and objective is to eliminate hate crime in the world. And it all starts with worldview. This is their terminology. I have quotes from them that will probably alarm you. It doesn't alarm me. It's blah, 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 because I am well-informed. Politically, spiritually, environmentally, psychologically, parentally, maritally, all those areas, I stay well-informed because I understand how the system breaks down to atheism. Well, some atheists want to say that atheism is the lack of belief in God. And I wouldn't say that that's atheism properly understood. That is actually a comment about their personal psychology, right? That they have this belief uh, or this lack of belief. Atheism, uh, let's just take the proposition, God exists. Uh, You can have one of three answers to, to that question, right? Does God exist? Number one, you can say yes, so you're a theist. Number two, you can say, well, I don't know, so then you're an agnostic. Or number three, you can say, no, God doesn't exist. That's atheism. Atheism is a view that there is no God. Thank you for listening to session number two. Please remember to listen to session three. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at IOMAmerica.org. That's IOMAmerica.org.